Yo, Rob Harvilla from 60 Songs That Explain the 90s here to inform you that we are back with 30 more songs because the 90s were super long and had a ton of rad music. Please join us every Wednesday for more 60 Songs That Explain the 90s only on Spotify. It's The Mismatch, presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filtered by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page in the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus in person in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. Today's episode is brought to you by Prime Video. Uncontrollable frowning and inability to smile an expression like you just smelled something rotten. These are all signs of resting binge face caused by too many streaming services. But Prime Video ends resting binge face so you can smile again. Easily find your favorite shows like Reacher Season 2. Rent or buy new release movies like Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds, and Snakes. Get everything included on Prime. And add hundreds of streamers like Max for True Detective Night Country. One app, one password. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership not required to rent or buy. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Welcome to The Mismatch. I'm Chris Barnett. And joining me as he does every Tuesday from TheRinger.com is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber, Kevin O'Connor, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin O'Camera, Kevin O'Climber, Kevin O'Cannabis, Kevin O'Cannabis, Kevin It's draft week. It is NBA draft week, and I know you went on with Mark Stein yesterday in a Spotify deal, uh, and I heard the beginning of it. I'm going to start with that, where Stein said he has a mock draft, and it goes to three. And he said, <laughs> Jabari Smith is going to go number one to Orlando. Chet Holmgren is going to go number two to Oklahoma City. And the number three pick is going to be Paulo Banquero going to the Houston Rockets. And then after that, who knows? But he said, those three things I am confident of. And I immediately perked up because it is one thing for everybody to do mock drafts. It is another to say, I'm confident of these things taking place because as word filters around the NBA, there does become some level of confidence of what's going to happen with these picks. Do do you feel the same? Would it be surprising to you if those three picks were not the picks in that order? Uh, I mean, I think that'll be the the order. I mean, all, there's always a higher percent chance of no trades than trades. Sure. But discussions have been had between Houston and Orlando, Houston and Oklahoma City to move up to either one or two to assure that they get the guy that they want. And theoretically, Orlando could move down to three and still get Jabari Smith, the guy that they want. So maybe those players end up on those teams, but you know, somebody could shift spots to assure that they get a certain player. But I think generally, like, I just do think like that is the most likely scenario that that's what happens. And it's really at number four with the Kings pick. Everybody's trying to move up to number four to get Jade and Ivy. So that's really where things get interesting. But, you know, we'll see what happens in that top three. Things could shift slightly. Yeah, let's get to four because most people have Jade and Ivy going as the player. But I think very few think that that player will be with the Sacramento Kings, that the Kings could use that as an asset um, that is the pick rather than whatever player you would get there. And while there is some level of interest, obviously, from Detroit, who is right behind them in Jaden Ivey, who Jaden Ivey said he has worked out for Detroit and he has worked out for Orlando. So those are the teams he had not 
He hadn't with Sacramento. He hadn't with Oklahoma City. He hadn't with Houston. So Ivy had, uh, it. you know, I guess the the simplest would be a 5-4, depending upon if there's anything there in Detroit that they would be willing to give up that Sacramento would want because Sacramento evidently has some interest in Keegan Murray, that if they kept that pick, they might not even take an, I, an Ivy anyway. So this whole, like, draft starts with the Kings, and the Kings are a very uh, likely team to maybe move out of their pick rather than select a player there. What do you think it's going to take to get that pick? A mixture of proven players and picks. Mm. That's what the Kings want. They're trying to make the playoffs, but they're also still trying to, you know, develop some young players. So, you know, like if, uh, you know, if it's Indiana, if Indiana moves up from six to four, they're throwing Brogdon around in every single trade discussion they have. So maybe it's six plus Brogdon plus something else to get to number four. If it's Oklahoma City from number 12 that moves up to number four, maybe it's something like Lou Dort with Kendrick Williams and the 12th pick and another future first to move up to number four. So I, I like the Kings just want players, good players, guys who they feel like they can rely on as part of their rotation around De'Aaron Fox and Demonta Sabonis. So for them, they're in that position. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know if they'll end up moving the fourth pick. They very well might just stay there. And Jonathan Gavoni from ESPN reported that Jaden Ivey, his preferred destination is not Sacramento, which I've consistently heard as well. Um, I, I believe it was reported the other day that Dyson Daniels canceled his pre-draft interview with the Kings at number four. Uh, mm. Forgive me, I forget who reported that. It might have been Cunningham in Sacramento uh, who reported that. So for the Kings, they're in a spot at number four where unfortunately for them, there are still some prospects who don't want to go there. Uh, but whether it's Ivy or whether it's Daniels, I'm not so sure the fit with the Aaron Fox and after drafting Davion Mitchell last year makes all that much sense for those guards anyway. So we'll see what they do. We'll see. They have a lot of different options. A lot of teams want to trade up the number four, Chris, for Jade and Ivy, who you like, right? Yeah, I love Jade and Ivy. For sure. Um, I think he's one of those guys that's going to be a much better pro than he was even at college uh, because his level of athleticism and explosion is its very, very rare. It's rare. And I think go- guys like that have, uh, if they got good he- good heads on their shoulders, have an unbelievable chance of being not only good, but, but great in the NBA. Um I think the deal, I think what, I think Stein reported that the Sacramento thing with Ivy was that he's like repped by the same people that rep Halliburton. And so obviously that's a, that's a sore subject, right? They just traded Halliburton out of, uh, out of Sacramento where he was like, he's like (laughs) the one guy that was like, I want to be part of the solution. I'm putting down my roots here. They haven't made the playoffs in you know fifteen plus years, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be part of fixing that. And then, you know, unbeknownst, like he was legitimately crushed to get traded. And for what it's worth, he he's with they don't have the same agent, but they're with the same agency, CAA. CAA. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is you know a lot of players, sure, right? Um, and so I guess it stands for reason that he may not want to be there. Um. It hasn't been a great place, a landing spot for draft prospects, to say the least. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder what they're going to get. If they do move it, maybe they'll just stay. Is there anybody that's in the top 10 that you are convinced won't pick in their spot? Or you think it is highly like outside of the Kings? If there's anybody else that it, you don't think that they're going to use that as a pick, but rather use that as an asset. I'm I'm not sure what you mean. Just uh, you mean anybody else in the top ten that you think will use that as an asset in a trade rather than to select a player moving out of that top ten? Do you think Portland um, just takes a player at seven, or do they try to get up and then if they can't get up, now they're moving it for something? I mean, if you are going to try to build around Dame in the short term. Isn't it more valuable to use that seven as an asset than whatever player you could bring in? All, all of these teams are having 
you know, different trade conversations right now. And like New Orleans is the team that comes to mind that you mentioned. They they could be a trade down, but not out. Uh, I mean, I think Portland would be the only trade out candidate uh, at seven. But even then, unless it's OG and nobody, I, I I just don't see them trading that pick. And I don't I don't see the Raptors for what it's worth trading this OG and Obi for the seventh pick either. Um, so I think that's just the type of caliber move they'd be looking for to move out. Other than that, it seems that are trying to trade up, you know, into the into the late lottery or, in, or into the mid lottery. Like for Charlotte, they have 13 and 15. They'd love to move into the top 10. Maybe they are able to move into the top 10 at New Orleans at number eight, something like that. Um, but ultimately, a lot of these teams that have multiple first round picks, Memphis included, you know, Denver as well with that 21 and 30, uh, 22 and 29 for Memphis. Those teams are trying to get into the late lottery. Um, so, I mean, it's going to be, there could be a lot of movement on draft night, but there's always a lot of discussion and then sometimes nothing happens. Uh, but this year, this year, it definitely does seem like in kind of a, a draft class in which the guy that you like at five, another team might have him at 14. The guy that you have at 15, another team might have him at 28. So in that type of year where there's kind of like these large, you know, chunks of prospects that you can throw into a single group, you know, of near equal value, you're going to see teams put, you know, doing their best to shift around in that area to maximize the value they get while also getting the prospect they still want. Yeah, I saw where John Wasserman said this morning that, um, and this is a continuation of a lot of the news that has come out that the when you talk to people around the league, they think it's going to be extremely active and there could be a massive amount of player movement. And he said he thought that once it gets to like 11, like 11 to 30, there is not what he senses, this tremendous amount of confidence in that 11 to 30. And so if teams can't get their guy, whoever they target, that they would be maybe more likely this year than in other years to try to get a pick for next year because people are in love with the 2023 draft. Have you heard that sentiment out about, clearly we've talked about the big French kid who is the prize of prizes, but this idea that the 2023 class has a chance to be very special and maybe a better draft class. So if you can't get the guy that you target, I could see that. I could see, you know, people liking next year's draft class better than this one. And so if they can't get their guy, they just they're willing to move it for a for a pick in next year's draft. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, especially because there are six teams with more than one pick in the mm-hmm. first round, too. So some of those teams might be in a position where, you know, they end up wanting to move one of those and just, you know, parlay it into a pick next year and then have multiple first rounders in 2023 instead. So yeah, there's a real possibility of that. Um, you know, we'll see. Like there, there's, there could be a lot of movement. I mean, it definitely does start at 11 with the Knicks. Uh, like a lot of teams are trying to move into that spot. The Knicks also are trying to trade up. They're trying to get up to number four to get Jaden and Ivy, but they also might be a team that could be a target for your Memphis Grizzlies or the Denver Nuggets to move up to the at 11 spot. And then they get two first rounders instead of one. So, right. I mean, yeah, I mean, there, there could be a lot of that movement with, with teams training out, out, up, uh, down. It could be fun. I hope it's fun. I like trades. Who doesn't like trades? Oh, everybody loves it. This is going to be a tremendous <laughs> amount. Of, and I think part of it is that you've got, you know, we said this a few weeks ago. There's very few teams that aren't competing, that aren't trying to win. And so if that is so, then you have less you have more teams that are trying to fix their roster between this. You got two chances, the draft and free agency, and the draft is where more trades take place so that you could really revamp your team over the course of the next two weeks. And with not as many teams uh, unloading players to try to rebuild, there's very few rebuilds uh, that are going on. Teams are trying to acquire even good players, and that's why we talked about the Kings at four. What about players that could be on the move? A lot of John Collins buzz that's out there. Um, you know, OG and Anobi's names come up. The the Pacers guys, Brockton, uh, has come up. Maybe Kuzma with Washington has come up. Is there anybody that you think uh, likely could be involved in a trade on Thursday night? 
I don't know about Thursday night, but there there is a lot of Rudy Gobert stuff out there. Ah. Uh, you know, the Chicago stuff has been out there. I've heard Minnesota likes Rudy Gobert. Uh, they also like Clint Capella. Minnesota does. So, I mean, there's a lot of Gobert stuff out there. And I, I mentioned this on the Stein Spotify Live that we did on Monday. But I've heard, like, with Clint Capella, that's, a, that's another big that teams are trying to target in trades. And Atlanta, with their first-round pick, is also, you know, trying to move up. I, I've reported earlier in the week that they're one of the teams that has called up a number four pick, you know, to pair Ivy with Trey Young. So maybe if the Kings... You know, I don't know. I, the Kings and you know, and Hawks could be a match. Maybe it's John Collins that could go to Sacramento. So, I mean, it, there, there's a good amount of names out there right now that are already in the NBA. Uh, some of them are going to have to wait until free agency. I mean, maybe go bear will. But it's just something to keep in mind on Thursday night because that's where, for a lot of these teams, like with Minnesota, they have the 19th pick. It's more easily tradable at that point rather than drafting the player than waiting 30 days after they sign their rookie contract to be eligible to trade him. It's just easier to do on draft night. So we'll see. You mentioned Gobert and Capella. Let me ask you about another big. Do you think DeAndre Ayton's going to be a Phoenix Sun next no. year? No, I don't. So that's going to be one. But that that's a little more dicey, right? Because you're going to have to wait until free agency to do something with it. Yeah, I wonder what the Suns are going to do there. I wonder because do you do you think let's say with the Suns, I don't want to go away from the draft here, but should they be going for another big like flip eight and for another big or should they go for like I don't know. Like I, I, let's just say I mentioned just now the Wolves like Gobert. I have not heard that the Wolves like eight, but let's just say they did. If you're the Suns, would you have interest in D'Lo and draft picks? No. 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 What? Okay, I'm just, I'm just, no, I'm just throwing a name out there. So no, yeah, no. So what no. would you want? I would not have, I the, would not have interest in that. So what would you want if you're the Suns? Then would you want wings, guards, another big? Like, what are you looking for if you're signing trading DeAndre Ayton to another team, whoever it might be? Yeah, Atlanta, I mean, I would, and, and by the way, it's Detroit and Atlanta that that seem to be the most connected to DA. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that I don't need more. High price. I don't need another high priced big. I think that's what I'm getting away from, right? If I'm if I'm deciding not to pay, I mean, and some of that is about the the player himself, but a lot of it is just is there right now? Is it a fool's errand to spend a fortune on a center that's not Embiid, Jokic, Giannis level? You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. one of those guys. Is that, are you better off with the, the Clay Capellas, the Brooke Lopez's, the, you know, you can go on and on and on. The Kevon Looney's of the or, world, right? Or even in, even in the draft, the the Jalen Durens, the Mark Williams, right. right? Like guys yes. like that, you can draft them on a rookie contract and hopefully they can contribute when they're young. Yeah. I mean, look, I would want another guard for sure. Like, I, I, I clearly you want to get the best players. Okay? But not D'Lo. So, no. Okay. I just don't, I think you've established a, like a real culture there. And I'm not sure that he's going to be a bench fit, right? Yeah, Chris Paul and Devin Booker is your all NBA caliber backcourt. And so he's not going to be starting. Is he, I don't think he's probably to the point in his career where he's comfortable being the come off the bench guy. I would doubt that. I would, I would be concerned about that. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think if you're Phoenix, you could go the route of spending a little less on big guys. I want more wings that can shoot for sure. You know, you got the Camp Thomas thing kind of came along, but Jay Crowder was hit or miss. Bridges was hit or miss, right? I want some more stuff that could stretch the floor too, because especially with who I've got in my backcourt, I like the, I like the pace and space idea with those guys. Um, another big that could, you know, they they had, they, had, they had all kinds of bigs that came in there and played like real minutes for them. Successful minutes. JaVal McGee played good minutes for them. Hell, even Biombo played good minutes for them. You know, I think you could just have that kind of rim runner or yeah. whoever. Uh, and then, I I don't know. I I don't know what you're going to get 
in an Aiton deal, I would think I could do better than D'Angelo Russell, though. That would be my initial opinion. I think I could get a better player than him. It's a sign and trade, though. I mean, so in that case, I know. you know, you wouldn't you you wouldn't have a ton of leverage. But I mean, we'll see. We'll the only see way there, you have but... a ton of leverage is if you've got multiple suitors. Yes, exactly. Right. That's what you have to have. You have to have multiple suitors for him. You say, fine, then we'll just move him to this team because we could get something good from them. And for what it's worth, I mean, like I said, I haven't heard that the Wolves like Aiden. Right. But I have heard they like Gobert. So, you know, maybe there's different combinations of deals there, you know, that that, that could be constructed together for something big and fun that's like a, an NBA 2K style deal. Man, that would be an NBA <laughs> I mean, 2K you, style. I mean, you can't, you can't rule anything out in the NBA. How many crazy trades have we seen, Chris, that seemed unreal, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it, there's so much turnover. Teams get so creative. Stars are always on the move. It, it'll, be, it'll, it'll be fascinating to see, especially with Utah, though. Because with them, they have Gobert and Mitchell. Gobert, there's a number of suitors for him. Mitchell, it doesn't seem like they're active in trade talks involving him, despite some of the noise a couple of weeks ago with him like, what's going on here? What's yep. going on? Why is Quinn right. Snyder gone? <laughs> um, which we've known about for months, by the way, that Quinn Snyder wouldn't be back. So maybe he just wasn't paying attention. <laughs> but uh, with, with, uh, with the Jazz, though, they do seem like the team that they could go into rebuild mode or at least retool mode, a younger team around Donovan Mitchell and try to make it work with him. And, you know, maybe in a couple of years, he ends up demanding a trade, but they're not at that point here where they want to move him. The NBA Finals may be over, but FanDuel Sportsbook is still here to help you make every moment more with all your favorite sports and teams, including NBA futures and draft props. Right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just sign up, place your first bet, and FanDuel will give you up to $1,000 back in free bets if you don't win as a refund issued as non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after receipt. For the NBA draft, for example, you might want to place a bet on what happens at the number four pick. Jaden Ivey is minus 115 to go there. Maybe at number five, you're looking at Keegan Murray at plus 155 or Benedict Matherin at plus 230, which is one of the more popular selections people make in their mock drafts. FanDuel is safe and secure, easy to use, great promotions all the time. There's no better place to bet on NBA props and futures than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using promo code MISMATCH to get started with your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Visit FanDuel.com slash RG. In Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Connecticut, call 1-888-789-7777. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK. In Tennessee, call redline one 800 889 And in West Virginia, visit 1800gambler.net. All right, let me ask you about the draft stuff because every year there are, there's at least one player, sometimes it's multiple guys, that start as the draft week comes along, they start getting down-talked, right? Uh, whether it was Lonzo, or I'm sorry, uh, uh, Lamelo a couple years ago, there was, a, there was a segment of people that were talking him down. And then uh, last year, there, were, there was a big wave of the Kaminga talk. Right. People were talking down Kamingo. Like if you, if, you know, you would go down the draft and you would start talking to different people about all these different guys. And, and you, you started to hear bad stuff about different guys as it got closer to the draft. Who has been the victim of down talk in your estimation? Like where it just becomes group think and, you know, one guy says it, then the other guy says it to another guy, and the next thing you know, everybody's saying it to each other. Is there anybody this year that has been victim of, in your no, opinion? Don't think so. Where it's like the I don't know about him, or I don't know about the no. this guy, red flag this or character this. Or I mean, whatever. there's always there's always that stuff. Bad like a interviews. Lot, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's always a lot of that stuff, but nobody comes to mind kind of in the context that you're that you're asking about. No. How about higher than people that you feel like have caught a wave or players that have caught a wave 
recently where it seems like everybody really likes them because I, I've been fascinated. All the mocks have this Matherin kid like in the top five now, top six now. So it seems like Matherin's one of them. Who else? Yeah, but like we talked about last week, Matherin's one of the ones where you're also hearing, well, what about this? What about that? He's yeah, a quiet yeah, yeah. kid. And it's just like, okay. But um, Dalen Terry out of Arizona, Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara, they're two guys that are, you know, definitely solidified themselves as top 25-ish guys. Um, so th- those two, I'd say, come to mind most that have, that have risen up boards. Um, mm, uh, other than that, I mean, I, I think you could see some guards fall. Like you could see a Ty Ty Washington out of Kentucky or a Kennedy Chandler, but like some of those guys got like some mid first round height. Maybe they end up falling to the back end of the first round. Uh, Eason out of LSU, a forward. Uh, he, it'll be interesting to see where he falls, you know, somewhere after 17, I think for him. But some people had him as like a late lotto guy. Maybe he's, I don't, I'm not so sure about him as a lottery guy right now though. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested in the whole, you know how, our buddies, uh, John Hodger, Kevin Pelton, they do all like the analytics with all that. And so then they just, right, it, it is what the computer says and it pumps it out and then they combine that with the scouting and they decide where these lists go. And sometimes they like line up and there are some guys that the stats are higher on, some guys that the stats are lower on. One of those that I've been interested in and the reason I'm interested in this is because Teams now, as you know, Kevin, there's a lot more John Hollingers and Kevin Pelton's in front offices than there was five or ten years ago. You know, a lot of Sloan Conference guys in these front offices. And so I do wonder how much the analytical analyses of players is going to play into this, one of which that I know the numbers were not all that favorable for, yet is in everybody's lottery, and is in a damn Taco Bell commercial, is Johnny Davis. And I don't understand, you know what I mean? Like when, when the numbers are the numbers and the numbers don't always tell uh, the story. You know, the numbers, no, no, nobody was more hated by the numbers than Jalen Brown when he was drafted third out of California. So it is clearly not the end-all be-all. But what do you make of the analytics being a part of this now and kind of what numbers you would trust in terms of what you think matters towards the next level? Or are we still just in the infancy of using those numbers to figure out how much you translate to the next level? I mean, it all matters. So all, every bit of information that you have matters, whether, whether you're gathering intel you know, anecdotal, you know, pieces of information that teams, uh, you know, gather up talking to people from their high school, their families, friends, whatever else, coaches, uh, or whether it's like giving like personality assessment tests that, you know, spit out a number. Like everybody knows about Myers-Briggs as like a more mainstream test, but there's so many of them out there, like the 16 personality factors, among others, that, you know, are used to assess personality. That stuff can matter and be integrated into a draft model as well. Um, I think for teams, I mean, I'd, I'd love to take a look under the hood and see what teams are doing with their draft models to see what type of information they're putting in there. Because it's not just like box score stuff. It's not just pace adjusted per possession data from Synergy Sports tracking. It's not right. just it's not just, it's not just manually track data points that they have their interns go through you know, and track like the number of times, you know, this player screened and rolled successfully since we don't have second spectrum tracking data for that, right? It's it's everything. So, I mean, I'd love to know how much like some of the personality stuff is integrated in, but teams don't talk about that. Because I'm, I'm so fascinated on just even like the raw numbers when they're small sample sizes, because I love that Ollinger's like back in the media now, so he prints this stuff out because you do wonder, is this what your draft board would look like if you were still at an NBA front office? Because he had a kid that I covered and watched this past season that played for Memphis who was not, like, it wasn't Imani Bates. It wasn't Jalen Dern. It wasn't one of the big names on the team. He wasn't a starter, did not play that many minutes. Josh Minot, who was a great kid, always great in interviews, uh, kind of like a fan favorite 
when he would come off the bench, he'd play with a lot of energy. He's got this crazy frame and all this kind of stuff. He's got him like 10th on his prospect list. The kid did like, he did so little. And when I'm reading that, there's part of me that's going, what in the world? And on the other hand, I'm going, is this the kind of guy, because I look at all the mocks and he's second round everywhere. Including on mine. I, I have him 44. Yeah. And uh, he's second round in everybody's. Everybody's. Um, and yet, here's a guy that wasn't a front office of an NBA team who has him 10th. And I'm like, are there going to be guys that are out there? Like, do you think there's any, is there any player that's like that? Maybe it's not Minot, but another player that you think is like a big swing type guy. Like maybe the the track record is not huge or maybe necessarily impressive. And yet you think you could see, we saw it with Primo from Alabama right? Wasn't like some kind of jump off the page stuff. And he got drafted higher than people thought. Is there anybody like that, that you think in the draft where this, maybe if I looked at their numbers, maybe if I looked at their track record, uh, it's not going to tell me why they're going to get drafted where they are. I mean, I guess you know one of those players last year, Chris, with Zaire Williams, who top high school recruit, but struggled at Stanford. You know, a really disappointing year for him. Still goes in the lottery. Yep. Uh, maybe maybe this year a version of him could be somebody like Patrick Baldwin out of Milwaukee, uh, who, who, like Williams, was a, a top high school recruit, uh, came into college with great expectations, goes to Milwaukee to play with family, and he stunk. He was horrible, suffered through injuries, was no good even when he was on the court. Um, you know, a lot of concern there with the way he produced. And yet you can say, oh, he's, he's six foot nine and he can handle and maybe he could become a multi-positional defender when, you know, the mind catches up with his body. So, I mean, maybe somebody like that, you could end up being a surprise top 20 pick, top 25 pick, even though most people say second rounder. And you're just banking on, yeah, what I yeah, saw. You can just roll, roll with yeah. the best. Yeah. That was yeah. one year I'm willing to overlook it. This was my whole Cole Anthony thing. Right, I'm not going to hold this North Carolina goofy year against him. This guy played. He was Jordan All-American MVP. He was McDonald's MVP. Like They play a long time as they're being evaluated growing up, and they are evaluated as the best of the best in that class. And so do we think that they just fell off and maybe they were overrated, or do we think that there's some kind of circumstance that led to their non-success? And it's interesting you bring uh, that kid up because he was eighth in that class. When I went and pulled up 24 sevens, because the top 10 high school kids has been a pretty good, you know, risk to take. This is how we got, uh, this is how I ended up with my Honey Badgers jersey because we brought this up regarding uh, Duvall, <laughs> kid <laughs> at Duke. He was a top 10 high school kid, uh, Trayvon Duvall. And top 10 was Chet, Paolo, Shaden Sharp. Number four, I got to ask you about this guy. Because I was told he was dreadful in the G League. Jaden Hardy. Yeah, he struggled. What do we think on him? Not much feel for the game. Not, not oh. much of a, of a playmaker. Uh, defensively uh, uninterested. But the dude's a bucket. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, he can he can create space off the bounce. He he's fluid with the ball in his hands. He's fun to watch score. He's not fun to watch make decisions as a passer. So with Hardy, I'd love to see him fall into a situation kind of like Jordan Poole with the Warriors, where they where it's like you're not playing unless you start making your teammates better or doing or at least intent doing things with the intent of making your teammates better. So he. He needs a good situation like that to fall into. Um, but, you know, I think with guys like him, late first round, do you, it's the question. It's the best thing uh, for his career, though, yeah, if he yeah, goes yeah, late exactly. first round, right? Exactly. It's like, do you, if you're that player or a team, certain teams, like let's just say with the Warriors, I was on the, the Light Years pod uh, with Sam and Andy, the great pod they have yesterday. And we talked, they asked me, with the Warriors, should they go for a, a proven player? or an upside pick, like a Patrick Baldwin. 
And, and I think like that's going to be the question, like say with Memphis, right? You guys have, if you stay with those two late first round draft picks and aren't able to trade up like you did last year with that Adams Valanciunas deal when you got Sire Williams, if you're There's not no able way to they trade keep up, those. No way. No way they keep both picks, you think? They're going to no consolidate? Way. It's just a matter of where they move to, you think? They've traded up every year. They traded up to get Brandon Clark. They yep. traded up to get Desmond Bain. They traded up to get Xavier Tillman. They traded up to get Zaire Williams. It's what they do. They attain those assets with that in mind. Whether they consolidate or or just trade out of one of them, you know, maybe they keep mm-hmm. the higher pick and trade the other one. Who knows? Maybe they're the team that trades into twenty twenty. Oh no, I, right? I think twenty two yeah, yeah. is the one that could move yeah. the, the the Jazz pick. Twenty nine, they love that pick because oh, they went, yeah. they used they they went and got Bain with uh, one of the last picks in the first round, and then they went and did it with Santi Aldama last year. They tried to get that pick because you get if you hit it. You got a cheap player for four years getting paid a million bucks. It's, there's a real asset. But like with Memphis, these teams that are good already or contending already or have a lot of depth, whatever it might be, the question is, do you want to take a swing on a mm-hmm. Hardy, a Baldwin, or do you go with kind of a quote-unquote safer prospect that uh, can play early minutes for you, like a, a Bochamp out of the G League, a, a safer you know prospect like a a Wendell Moore out of Duke, like that type of guy. I think it depends on what your window is. And I would say that it's different depending upon your team, wouldn't you? Who who do you want the Grizzlies to trade up for? Let's just say they're able to find a trade. Oh, look, I had an eight-hour erection after the Mark Stein, uh, Jaden Ivey at four talk. I let, was let, like, let, let's let's just let's say that's not available. They move what do you up mean it's not le- available? Let's just say it's not. Let's 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 say they move up to eleven or thirteen late lottery. Ivy's off the table. Is there a prospect in that range where you're like, ooh, not me? Um, I think honestly, it would have to be like one of the guys that drops. It's gonna. Mm. It would be one of those that is. That's that's the upper. That's the, been the mode of operation. How about so Duran out of Memphis? That, huh? Who? Duran out of Memphis. Sohan. Yeah. Just somebody. There... Yeah, somebody that people expect that is gonna go higher, and then you're going. Why the hell was he available? That's been how they have gone and acquired. That's what they did when they got Brandon Clark. It's what they did when they went and got Desmond Bain. You know, other teams could, you know, what I mean? like, you can do it. They they target a guy and they say, this guy is dropping down the board. We got to get to that spot. And so what I would guess is it's not somebody that's in a mock draft right now between 11 and 15. It's somebody that's in the top 10 right now, more than likely. That you're like, hold on now. Why is that guy still available at that spot? You know, the guy that drops down a little bit more. You don't yeah. think the Kings would take Dylan Brooks and Brandon Clark and a couple picks? <laughs> you don't think so? You don't think so? For a four and Harrison Barnes? Maybe a three-way. How many? Right. I wonder how many future picks you're going to give up to move all the way up to number four. It was surprising Stein you know, reported that. Well, they need players. Yeah, they do. Right, and Memphis has a lot of good players. So good you would players. want, so you would want Ivy and Morant in the backcourt together. That, oh no, the guy you uh, want my dr- no? my my dream is that he's now the new Oak City Harden. Oh, yeah, dude. So you want yeah. him? You want him? Yeah. Play. So you do want Ivy with Morant? Oh sure. And, and you want him starting off, coming off the bench? Oh, by the way, they're thick as thieves and have worked out together. Really? Uh, Ivy's mom was his favorite coach. Niall Ivy was a Memphis assistant. It is wild. He was at the playoff games this year. Jaden Ivy, I mean, he's been around. He's been around. So those two are tight. They're tight. Yes. Yes. Mm. <laughs> Can you imagine? I know. That'd be That's something downhill, else. brother. We might have- <laughs> you want to talk about you want to talk about some highlights? That, that, eight, that, that eight hours might turn into 80 hours. So oh, I have to get you, call brother. the hospital. 
It would be troubling. <laughs> it would be very troubling. But anyway, no. Like, I I think that they will probably move up. But to the original point on, like, say, like the Warriors, if I'm the Warriors, I think I'm more apt to get – I'm not trying to take home run swings. I'm more apt to get someone that can help me right now, probably, than I would be because I think my window is winning titles right now. I'm winning titles, literally, in these next X number of years. I'm going to have a couple more cracks at that. And so getting players that are useful towards that and can help me in that window, I think, especially with all the money that you're spending, uh, if you could find, like, actually players that could help you for low prices with those late picks, it's, I mean, that's how you become champions. The, the way you become champions is by getting the Jordan Pools on crazy low contracts that are wildly outperforming them, you know? And so hopefully I can find somebody. They, you, you might just say Moses Moody's going to be that, Kaminga's going to be that, and we could throw another guy in the G League and we could build this thing out for, you know, the next two years and the next 10 years. It's possible, too. A lot that can change, Chris. A lot can change on draft night. Oh, I mean, I, I fully expect this to be wild, this NBA draft. I hope it is. I think there's going to be a tremendous amount of player movement that goes Player on. movement, too. Yes. Player and pick movement that takes place during this. Because I think that, you know, there's just so many teams that are trying to compete. And there's so many teams that want to try to change their roster around. And there's so many players now that would rather be in a different situation. And powerful agencies, you know, that have, I mean, God, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting around yesterday, Kevin, and I scrolled through Twitter and I saw like a headline and it was like, Kenyon Martin Jr. has gone to the Rockets and said he wants to be traded. I'm like, all right. <laughs> this is what you this is what you brought on, LeBron. How about we just have a Kenny Martin Jr. decision? How about we go to get a <laughs> rent a boys and girls club in Houston and we get Jim Gray's ass down there and we get a Kenny Martin Jr. make a decision? I mean, Kenny Martin Jr. requests a trade? <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> really? What's going on, Kevin? What's going on here? Kenny Martin Jr. He said, I want out. He walked straight into their office. Trade me or else. Is that is that like uh is that like Shaq's son? Well, you can go to Italy? Sh like, Sharif Sharif O'Neal demanding a trade <laughs> from, from a G League team. <laughs> <laughs> Get me out of here. <laughs> I'm not a part of this rat, rat operation in, anymore. In five, in five years, Bronny James. Yeah. Trade me from Fort Wayne. Today's episode is brought to you by Prime Video. Uncontrollable frowning, an inability to smile, an expression like you just smelled something rotten. These are all signs of resting binge face caused by too many streaming services. But Prime Video ends resting binge face so you can smile again. Easily find your favorite shows like Reacher Season 2. Rent or buy new release movies like Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds, and Snakes. Get everything included on Prime. And add hundreds of streamers like Max for True Detective Night Country. One app, one password. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership not required to rent or buy. Prime membership requires for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC slim fit trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just... Once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable 
and versatile. ABC Pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Let me finish this top 10. Chet, Paolo, Shaden Sharp, Jaden Hardy. Five, Imani Bates. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. Brother. Dude, I was told that they were the like the dad and them. I don't know if this is news, so God bless. Go ahead and you can aggregate. No, they were all over at Memphis yesterday. I think the kid's like out of options. Like he was going to transfer. And like there were, and then like the other places like filled spots and whatever. He's still not anywhere. He's still not anywhere as a transfer. He's not like going to like some league or something. I think the kid may end up back at Memphis somehow. I mean, interesting. What a S show. Seriously. Yeah. I got a text yesterday that they were over at Memphis and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. It's so crazy. He might have made a mistake going to college too early. What a crazy story. What a Anyway, he was number five. Six was Jalen Duren. Seven was Jabari Smith. Eight was Patrick Baldwin, as you mentioned. Mm, These are the yep. rankings in the high school class. Nine was Kennedy Chandler. Where are you on Kennedy Chandler? I have him late first round. By the way, Memphis kid, who I saw in high school, um, obviously left his senior year and went and played at like a prep school in Kansas. So I didn't see him that year. Saw him last year playing for Tennessee. Um, what kind of prospect do you think he is? You think he's a long-term NBA player? Yeah. I mean, he could have a role for a long time. I mean, he's a quality point guard. He's just tiny. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's really the main reason why I have him lower is he's smaller. And also there's just a lot of guards in the NBA. And there's guards every year in the draft. So, I mean, there's quality Kennedy Chandler-esque guards that you can find in every single NBA draft. So I, I think for a guy like him, that's why on my personal board, I have him, you know, I think late 20s, early 30s, uh, even though he might end up going in the top 25. One good thing for him is his, I think he set the uh, high market for vertical leap. Oh, that yeah, is he's one a, way he's, to make up for small, being six foot. He, yes, he's small, but he's a leap, yeah. He yeah, can move. like he's over 40. I was like, God bless Kennedy. Um, and then 10 was a kid that's not in this draft. He's in next year's draft. Scooter Henderson. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I guess he's playing his second year. Yep, so that's exactly. the 10. Yep. Yep. One of the one of the guys that went to the G League, and he could mm-hmm. be a top three, five pick next year behind Victor Wembenyama. Yeah. Oh, and then those twins that I just saw a couple yep, weeks the ago. Thompson twins. Thompson yep. twins. Yep. I mean, oh, I can see how people like love twenty three as a potential draft, right? Because there's a yeah. there's a bunch of really good players that are in that. Um do you think your opinion is gonna change from now until Thursday on any of the top players? Is there anything can be done or is it what's done is done at this point? Like if you had the number one pick, you would take Palo, end of story. I mean, I, I think uh, the Jeff uh, Weltman, the, the Magic general manager, he said the other day, it's still early in the process. That was the quote <laughs> he gave. <laughs> Is he been in a coma? <laughs> yeah, the quote hey, is... Hey, Jeff, you've had this pick for like two months. <laughs> He said it's still early in the pro- last Monday. He said it's still early in the process. Oh. Uh, dialogue is always ongoing, uh, but most importantly, we get to do what we want. That's the real benefit of having the number one pick. It's not early in the process, but it's At never all? too late. It's never too late to change your mind. That's the one thing I've learned over the years, Chris. It's never too late to change your mind. And if you want to change your mind, you should. Even if you've kind of dug your heels in and had Killian Hayes ranked first for for months, and if you start hearing in the days and weeks leading up to the draft that eh, maybe maybe this intel is growing stronger about Lamelo, maybe you should just make that change. It's okay to it's okay to change your mind. But but like today like today you know two days from the draft, I don't expect to change my top three. I think I'll keep Bancaro number one, uh, Jabari number two, and Chet number three. But all three of those guys. All of them are worthy number one prospects. I mean, like, it's really 1A, 1B, 1C between them. Well, and you are higher on Shaden Sharp than some. I, did, yeah, I him, have him fourth, yeah. You have him four on your big board, and I just told you he was the third, right? He was behind Paolo and Chet. That, those are the only guys he was behind, and he didn't play. And by the way, he might be one I slide down to five or six. 
I mean, mm. it's close between some of those guys. I, I haven't made that final determination yet, but for now, I have him at number four. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, and I mean, the comps, my God. Paul George, Tall Bradley Beal, Jalen yeah, Green. I mean, yeah, that, that George. No, comp those are great. Move. Yeah, what? Yeah. That, that, that George comp could probably be removed. I, I need to edit some of the the uh, comp comparisons in there before finalized on Thursday. A couple other players I do want to ask you about because it's guys that I've just not seen nearly as much. Tell me about this Dyson Daniels because you've got him seven. Played the whole year in the G League, struggled with his jump shot, shot below 30%, looked much better shooting the ball and everything pre-draft. But like with that dude, it's the the playmaking that you want. That dude, like with Giddy last year, out of Australia, um, there, there's like some pretty good guards coming through, man. Giddy, Daniels now, this guy can pass. He's has real creativity. He's the type of guy who effortlessly can throw those kickouts to corner three-point shooters, can throw the lobs. Uh, just a, 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 a reliable, creative player. Like, you know how some passers... They have a knack and a flair for making those tough passes through tight windows, but they make silly mistakes. Daniels is the type of guy who makes all of those passes while also limiting turnovers. So, like, the fact that the shot looks better through pre-draft, that's encouraging for him and is, is really the driving factor behind his rise to up draft boards from, like, a mid-first guy to, you know, mid-lottery. Tell me about Usman Jang. Might be the sleeper of the drafts could be the steal of the draft if all things work out. But like he's a, uh, he's a swing, right? And he could end up being a player that doesn't work out because he's so raw. He has not been great production-wise playing in New Zealand last year. But 6'10", his best skill is his ability to handle the ball. He's a good passer for his size. Uh, a willing, you know, hard, you know, hardworking defender. So, you know, if, if all that, that, that's a baseline for success, right? 6'10", long, versatile, can pass. It's a matter of what level does he reach as a shooter, you know? So it's not just like, uh, you know, million-dollar move, 10-cent finishes. Mm-hmm. What level does he reach as a shooter? But also, defensively, the awareness, like for many young players, and he's one of the youngest in the draft, just getting smarter on the defensive end of the floor. But I like Jing a lot. I have him I have him top 10 on my board. And if I'm a team like the Pelicans... That, so maybe like, he's he, the Grand Slam swing. Yeah, I think he, I think he is. But like, if... If you're a team that already has a lot and you don't necessarily need anything at all, I'd love to take a swing at Usman Jang. Like the idea, and, and when I say that, just the idea that it's, even if it's low percentage, there's a percentage he could be amazing. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like that, that's what I'm talking about. That idea yeah. that, yep. there's, it, okay, I, I know that some of those guys, like they're not going to be amazing. But, but they might, they, they, they might like flame that, out. If it all went together, look, this happened once upon a time with Giannis, where somebody looked at him and said, "Man, now obviously he grew, but if it all, if it all works, this guy could be." And and clearly, it it worked out a millionfold. Um, when, when you're talking about becoming one of the greatest players of all time, yeah, but. That worked out better than like the best case yeah. scenario. <laughs> yeah, that's that's more than a grand slam, right? Yeah, uh, but, but but like but like even even the realistic best case scenario for Giannis, yeah, uh, you know, pre growth spurt was still a high level player where you're like, ooh, you know, six nine can handle yeah. the ball. Uh, you know, he plays hard, versatile. Like, yeah. I mean, even that best case scenario was impressive. Same for James. Could be very special. Yes, if exactly. it all came together. Yeah. You think that's true of the Jen kid? I do. Yeah, I like him a lot. All right, now let me ask you about a couple of other ones that I don't know as much about. Malachi Branham, Ohio State. An unexpected one and done. He's okay. a bucket getting guard more than a passer. Um, I like him. Good, good miss good mid first ish round draft pick. All right. The ones that you have next, I know Mark Williams, I know Tari Eason, I know more about those. I don't know as much about the kid from Santa Clara. Jalen Williams, you said he's a riser. Yeah, you should check him out. Plug his name into YouTube. Watch him, Jalen Williams. He led uh, he led Santa Clara and assist the last two years. That's not going to be his role in the NBA. But I think for a guy like him to display the passing chops that he did in college, uh, bodes well for his ability to play in any type of system because he can handle on a pitch for you. 
He can primarily be a good spot-up shooter, hit over 40% of his catch-and-shoot threes. He's a smart, high-IQ player who, you know, puts a lot of effort into the game. There's just, like, what can you not like uh, about Jalen Williams other than the fact that he is sort of unproven against top-level competition? That's it. That's, a, that's, like, really the main knock that you can have on him is he's unproven. So we talk about it every year where we say, hey, there's those guys that were... Uh, they were penalized for age. They were penalized for the fact that they did play three or four years in college. And then we look up and we say, God, all these teams passed on Jalen Brunson, for instance, right? He's probably going to make $100 million this summer. Um, if there is a guy like that, that they even we're seeing it now, that maybe, and maybe even yourself, you feel like, ah, maybe I am too low on that guy. The guy that is that people are being ageist with, that's highly successful. We know he's a good basketball player, but not maybe as intriguing on the next level. Hmm. Is there How one about, of those guys that's like an upperclassman yeah, type? Um, I mean, I, I don't I don't know if there is on my board this year. Um but like maybe maybe somebody like a Christian Coloco. I have him twenty one on my board. But like there are a lot of people you talk to around the league that are like, hey, he's a second round pick. He's twenty two and he's still raw, mm. and he's a, and he was a junior at Arizona. But I, I I really like his game, and I'd be willing to bet on him in the twenties. He was a late bloomer. He got a late start playing basketball. Um, I mean, I think it's understandable why he is. How about a late David bloomer. Roddy? Oh, David Roddy, one of the weird, weird body all-stars in the draft this year. <laughs> but he's like conference player of the year. Got yeah. this football body with the seven-foot wingspan. Like he's got, and, and he obviously was good, right? He won the conference player of the year in his conference, which was a very good conference, actually, yeah. uh, this past year. Maybe him? Yeah, I mean, he could be another one. He'll go in the 30s, I think. I I'd be surprised if he fell out of the 30s. Do you think with a guy like him, he should go higher with his amount of skill level? He's just a weird player, though. He's 6'5", and... He just feels like one of those guys that we'd look back on and, you know... Yeah, he was good. Like, what did you need to see? Like, you, he was a lot yeah. better than a lot of those other college players. He's a strange player. 6'5", six, six, 260 pounds. And he played quarterback in high school. No, he wasn't a lineman. He played quarterback. Did you read that thing about this morning about Paulo being amazing at football? No, I didn't. Where, where was that? I was who, like, who published what that? the hell? Paulo Bancaro was like, could Paulo Bancaro been an NFL first round pick too? And I'm like, Paulo Bancaro played football? Oh, okay. Not only did he play football, he was like, awesome. I'm like, that's crazy. Okay, so that was at Sporting News. Stephen Nell wrote that. Before starring at Duke, top NBA draft prospect had first round potential on football field. That's crazy. You know, I love guys who play football. Yeah. And I told you when I was around this guy, he's huge. Like, he's, yeah, he is. he's a full-grown-ass man. I think Paolo's going to be really good. I think Paolo's going to... I love that, Next dude. year, if I had to bank on who's going to score a bunch, be ready to play next year, I think I'd probably say he, he'd be at the top. Yeah, like, he'd be your like rookie of the year be, pick, right? I, huh? He'd be your rookie of the year pick, right? Yeah, I mean, I think if it's not from... Yeah, assuming it's from one of the sorry teams. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he, I think he could come in the league and average. If he gets drafted by Houston, he could average 20 points next year without trying. He's that big, bro. Ben Carroll played quarterback, too. Yeah, that's right. I, I remember that. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I'm, I'm almost a little surprised like this hasn't been a bigger pre-draft thing. Paolo Ben Carroll. I like football, guys. Yeah. I like guys that played football, too. You know what I mean? And that plays into the whole <laughs> David Roddy thing. He looks like a he looks like a football guy. He really does. Do players make so much money now that we're not gonna see any multi sport professional athletes? You still see those stats about guys that are in the pros, like over seventy something percent were multi sport athletes or whatever, and you mm -hmm. see so many of them preach that. And so many of the greatest of all time. Because I do think that you learn. I, I know, but I mean at the pro level, though. At the pro level, I'm saying. Like, growing up, yeah, having range is great. No, I'm saying at the pro level, you still will see those statistics come out. 
saying no, but I, I, no, what I'm saying is playing multiple sports oh, like Bo Jackson, Deion Sanders, Dan, you know, Danny Ainge, like, you know, that range nah. of players. You don't think we're going to see that anymore because too much money in it, right? Like one sport, you can change your life and your family for generations. I mean, it looked like Kyler Murray might do it this year. <laughs> <laughs> It looked like Kyle LaRue was done with the, with the Cardinals. He'd be the best chance. You want to talk about something that hasn't gotten enough play? The fact that that son of a bitch could have gone one in both drafts? Or what did he go in the baseball draft? Did he go one to the A's, Kyler Murray? He certainly went in the top five. I think he might have gone one. I know he went one in the NFL draft. But that is... Freaky stuff. He was ninth overall. Oh, ninth. Okay. Ninth. Yeah. So selected ninth in the 2018 MLB draft by the A's and then first in the 2019 NFL draft by the Cardinals. I mean, that's outrageous. Yeah. That's amazing. So the, the A's must still hold his rights, too. Or, or do those they rights do. expire? Uh, I'm not sure. But they, you know, I think, I think part of why he went ninth was people thought it's a possibility. You know what I mean? You might not get him. So he was flirting with that this year. I wonder if he'll ever make that switch. Oh, that would be crazy. I know. Because <laughs> he was amazing at baseball. Like, not like good. And yeah. not good enough to be a pro. Like, projected to be one of the best baseball players. And yet he can play NFL quarterback. It's kind of crazy. But yeah, I was trying to find any of those guys that might be... Uh, you know, those player of the year type guys uh, that we look back and like, ah, that guy turned out to be a lot better. Is there anybody that you're scared you're too low on? Johnny Davis. Mm. Um, maybe maybe someone who really underwhelms their freshman year in college, like a Peyton Watson out of UCLA. Somebody like that, where it's like, I have him late first round. That might be too high. It might be too low. <laughs> right. I'm not saying like yeah. keeps you up at night, but if I told you, Kevin, that guy's going to be a star, that you wouldn't like fight me tooth and nail about it. If I had a conviction about some player that was low on your board, you know, that you could see it happen. How about like a, a Max Christie, maybe? Somebody like that out of Michigan State. You could see it. Yeah. Someone like we, that. Where we look up and Max Christie is a factor. Yeah. Because he's six, 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 seven, and he can pass and create. Yeah, guys like that. I know you have. But look, let me just say this before we get out of here. That draft guide, I know it can be the bane of your existence. But my producer was telling me today, um, he, he was commenting on it. And everybody I talked to uh, around here about it, everybody loves that draft guide. That draft guide Thank is you. unbelievable. It really is. Like, Thank you. It's an insane amount of information and the graphics and everything. Like, it's a 10, bro. It really is. That draft guide, by Thank far, you. like it owns, I think it's your corner. I really believe that. I appreciate In terms it. of the guide. Because no, uh, everybody kind of updates to thank try you. to find mocks. Like, it's so interactive and the damn thing works on the phone, too. I really value it. Yeah, the the our team does a an amazing job putting that together. It's a, it's it's cool for me. The first one I published was in 2014. I did it all by myself in Microsoft Excel. Wow. I designed like the 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 template and put all the information and at one point the file crashed and I had to redo like 15 different profiles inserting everything from my doc into the Excel sheet. And so oh. now in 2022, you know, this is now the 6th year-ish or so. Yeah. With the ringer doing draft guides and like working with our team, starting with Juliet Littman back in 16 and, you know, having the same designers over the years um, that have continued to enhance this thing and make it work. Like it's for so much information. The page works so smooth. It does. It blows my, it blows my mind how well this thing works. And um, it's really a credit to the whole team, the people who edit the guide and make all my changes behind the scenes. You know, Matt Dollinger's really taking control, doing a, a lot of that this year. He's, um, a great editor to work with. And I, I love, I love our team. It, it's fun to do it. I love the guide. It takes a lot of work, man, but it's fun. to I do. Know. I love it. <laughs> I know, but you should be proud of it. I Thank think you. That, I appreciate well, it. Well, I think one day you'll look back at all of them and you'll be like, you know what? That was worth it. 
Because yeah. it lasts it forever, is. right? Yeah. So and now it, some it of them you want to delete. You know what I mean? Yeah. You yeah. could go, or you could just go in like, <laughs> nah, just do like nah, Chad Ford I, did and edit that shit. <laughs> do we know the true story with what happened there? Let's move Killian like down. Told? Let's move him nah, down. I had him. <laughs> nah, I I embrace my mistakes. Of course, I, I embrace my mistakes. You know, but you, you grow from them. You don't think I want to delete my Marvin Bagley article? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, it is what it is. All right. Yeah, we all <laughs> Thank make you mistakes. to our executive producer, Jesse Lopez. I'm so excited for the draft on Thursday night. It's going to be a fun one for sure. Uh, and Kevin, I will talk to you maybe Friday, maybe next week. Who knows? We'll talk soon. Yeah, we'll talk soon. Have a good one, everybody. Enjoy the draft. Enjoy the draft.